your goal is to blow up, if your goal is to leave your nine to five, if your goal is to basically be that person that's on demand, that, the, that everybody wants to work with, you will essentially need a team. So what can you start to do to develop yourself and really grow and start thinking about implementing culture, balance, development? Even as an entrepreneur, yes, you might hire people, but what do you want to do to make sure that you're developing, developing them and growing them? And I think those are things you really want to think about because I just, again, when you have a approval rating that high, but you're not even in the management, you're not even touching the people, that says a lot about this CEO. Look, there's only one way that you're going to really get to the next level that you need to be at, and that's by joining our free community that's right i said free because i'm not trying to charge you for the information that we talk about daily like when i say my life took a different route because i was having the correct conversations every single day i really mean that so look do me a favor click the link below and i want to see you inside of the free community right and look let aisha myself tyrus let us take care of you not even just us we got some heavy hitters inside of there that are really making moves and can really pour into you as well. So do me a favor, click the link. I want to see you there. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire Presents the Act and Lead Series. And if you have not caught up on these episodes, you have to go back and check it out. But myself, Corey Sigur and Tyra Shivers are coming with different topics about different brands, organizations, companies to help you blow up in leadership, improve in your emotional intelligence, help with business systems, just a gamut of different things. And on today's episode, we're talking about Zoom, who blew up during the the pandemic and was able to even navigate some really serious security issues. But what can we learn from them? What strategies can you implement in how you lead, how you do business, how you do team development? Well, make sure you buckle your seatbelts, get your notepads, your note-taking material, and let's get into this message. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Rise or Fall, a series by the Act and Lead team. I got with me today, of course, Corey and Aisha. And today we're covering Zoom. How's it going, guys? It's hey, all good. Hey, hey. Perfect. So we don't have leadership in the news today. We're going to just talk about Zoom overall, everything they're doing. Everybody has heard of Zoom today, if not before, because of the pandemic has really changed our way of life, the way we do things. And so we're meeting virtually. We're having to do a lot of Zoom meetings. A lot of companies have went to Zoom. Where did Zoom come from? How did they even get started and how did they blow up would be the first questions. Corey, just tell me a little bit about what you know about Zoom. When did you first experience Zoom and how has that changed for you as times have changed yeah i mean zoom for me to be honest with you i was always kind of a webex person but really in the last couple of years is when zoom has started to rise to the top and it was like okay uh zoom had their free meeting so it was like cool i didn't even have to sign up for anything really or pay for anything um webex for me was pretty much exclusively like in businesses i don't really see uh like like I don't really see people just like, hey, hop on this WebEx real quick, right? When I hear hop on the WebEx, because we're doing some business somewhere, or I'm in somebody's company. So that that's really when it came to the to the forefront for me. Um, outside of that, I mean, I know they've 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 been here for a long time, and I know they've you know had already been doing their thing. But for me, I I really just feel like they they've taken over, um, they've taken over the game right now because I if. If I'm an individual, I'm hearing Zoom right now. That's all, you know. Good, good. And just so we're aware, Eric Wan is the founder. He started Zoom in 2011, and his goal was to deliver happiness and bring teams together in a frictionless video environment. So he was already thinking about bringing people together virtually before it got popular. And Zoom's first United Communications platform continues to dress dramatically transform the way leading global enterprises communicate. Under Eric's leadership, Zoom was one of the highest performing tech IPOs in 2019. So they didn't just come from anywhere. They put some work in and then they IPO in 2019. 
I need to go look up the stats. Corey, can you do that? Look up the stats for when they IPO, what that stock was worth to w- what is worth today, <laughs> which is Ooh, gotcha, gotcha. a year later. And Aisha, tell us a little bit about your first encounters with Zoom. Where did it come from? Um, and how are you using it now? Wow. Uh, I think my first interaction with Zoom was back in 2018. This was when I had decided to you know, uh, invest in becoming a part of a network marketing company. And they utilize that as their way of us meeting on a regular basis. We typically would have a session for our, because again, this was health and wellness. So we would have a session for our clients on Zoom. We would have our personal development on Zoom. And then we would meet probably at least three times a week. And then another day we had another um, meeting or actually two meetings on typically Sundays where we would meet. And then we will meet with like the president's team, like the, the head honchos, the ones that were like, you know, up there. And, and they would do their training. So this was probably 2018. And it was very new for me. Um, and I love that, you know, essentially it was a space where people could connect from all over the world and pretty much do training. I mean, I, that company introduced me to personal development so that we used to watch videos on it. So I spent a lot of time on Zoom early on be, before it came popular. And it's funny, just like Corey said, whenever people think about teleconference, I mean, excuse me, video conferencing, everybody typically says Zoom. That's like the term that you utilize. You'll say, oh, what you what you got Zoom or you want to meet on Zoom? That's like the first company that is like, that's the word. Those are the words that come out of your mouth. Typically, when you think about that versus a WebEx or Microsoft Teams, which is the this, which is the format that a lot of military members are using because Zoom doesn't have a certain type of um, it's a little wide open for people to get hacked. That's really what it is. So it doesn't have the protections currently that will benefit the DOD. So we use Microsoft Teams, but the Zoom experience is so much better. And the interesting part is while COVID was, um, when COVID hit, my organization or our team specifically, they would use my Zoom to do a lot of the meetings because they hated WebEx <laughs> they, and they didn't care for Teams. So they would utilize my Zoom now that I'm transitioning and moving. Um, they ha- we have to transition to teams, but it's funny because they were like, man, we can't use WebEx. Aisha, can we use your Zoom to meet? So that has been the means that we have been communicating for since March, but I was introduced to it back in 2018. Makes sense. Makes sense. Corey, you got those numbers? Oh, look here. I got some number numbers for us. So back in the initial offering of the IPO, right, when they started to, to push their shares out, it was $36 to get into zoom and today (laughs) my 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 the stock is 460 dollars and 91 cents here's the here's the kicker to this (laughs) it's actually down almost six percent and it being down almost six percent is almost as much money as it costs to get in there as much money as it had dropped it's dropped right now just as far as today has gone uh, and really, it was just the last couple of hours, uh, $30. Mm. So talk so about you could have got in for 36. Lord Jesus. And when we're thinking about these things and, you know, I listened to uh, Wall Street Trapper. Shout out to Wall Street Trapper coming in, talking about stocks and trapping the stocks. <laughs> when you think about companies and organizations and we're looking at these initial IPOs and we're not going to get deep in that because it's not a stock call. (laughs) But when you're analyzing a company and I'm going to segue into Eric Wan himself, you got to look at the person behind it. Who's the founder? What, what are their organizational principles, where they come from? So zoom wasn't born overnight from somebody who just had a brand new idea about something prior to finding zoom or founding zoom. Eric was corporate vice president of engineering at Cisco, where he was responsible for Cisco's collaboration software development. Eric was one of the founding engineers and vice president at WebEx. Between 1997 and 2011, he grew that team from 10 engineers to more than 800 worldwide and contributed to revenue growth from zero to more than 800 million. So when we look at Eric Wan, he didn't just show up out of nowhere. (laughs) He didn't just say, oh, I got something new. Let me create this platform. No, he worked at WebEx. (laughs) He knew the gap. And what happened was as a leader, 
when he knew or recognized the gap that WebEx had, the clunkiness, the it wasn't for like Corey was talking about. We're talking about business. Not many personal people people were using this for personal experiences or uses. He saw a gap. So what he first came out with was a personal meeting, free. You could host up to a hundred participants, forty minute max, and you could do unlimited one to one meetings. So looking at Eric. He saw a gap as a leader, as a entrepreneur minded person, and then he capitalized on that gap. So when we talk about business, when we talk about leadership, are you recognizing the gaps at where you are? And there's two options. You can recognize the gap. Well, there's really three options. You recognize the gap. You bring that gap up to your leadership and see what they want to do about it. You ignore the gap and just stay there and collect your paycheck or you leave and you develop your own thing. So I should talk to me a little bit about that form when you're sitting or why do we think that some products or some people just appear out of nowhere when they really come from somewhere? And how as leaders can we continue to develop our people and develop ourselves to make sure that, hey, if I need to make a move, I can make a move and make it successful. Well, I mean, I think uh, one of the things that I want to like highlight as well is um, if you guys watch the session that we had about WeWork and we talked about, you know, in regards to um, what Tyrus just highlighted was the background of the CEO and how that if I was identifying and saying, OK, I want to partner with this individual, I want to invest in this stock, I want to be a shareholder or a stakeholder, that the background and the resume of this individual was so legit that it made sense to, you know, potentially, you know, put, put my bid in, take the risk and connect with them versus when we were talking about WeWork, how they presented themselves to be one thing and they were another. There were so many breakdowns in that resume of that individual. And I think this is a powerful example of if you had two options on the table, what are you doing to make sure that you choose the right individual to invest your time, energy, and say that I'm gonna partner with that person. So I wanted to highlight that part because we've been talking about partnerships as well. And even as leaders, maybe you're a business leader, maybe you are somebody that is looking to bring new people on the team. You really wanna identify and really look at the resume and identify if this person is going to add value, are they gonna bring innovation and change to this organization? So with those two comparisons, it would make no sense for me to choose him over him because of the fact that their resume connects to like, oh, okay, you've had experience in this. So I know that you identify that um, you have enough information that I can truly trust that you'll pivot this company into the right way. So I wanted to highlight that first. Um, in regards to that, we're talking about innovation. And I love the fact that you see that this individual was, he worked for a organization. He was an employee. And there are many of you out there that are employees or team members that are identifying and seeing the gaps within your organization. And you literally can take that information again, leverage that information and now start your own business. And I love that he was able to take his personal experience and now branch off to do his own thing. So what you're thinking about innovation. So if you're a leader within an organization, A, if you identify a gap, now you have the opportunity to come up with solutions, come up with ways to really strategize and come up with ways to um, find a solution to that issue and even build a team around that. So not only can you use your nine to five and leverage that to um, um, to really build up your resume. Now you can build a team around it. You guys can create solutions. You guys can come up with all new kind of innovative things to help that company move forward. And again, that's helping your resume build. So when you branch off, you can have that extensive resume when you branch off. Um, so that's one of the things you really want to look at. How are you um, really looking at or self-assessing yourself because I think innovation ties into leadership development. Some of us need to innovate how we are leading. But then secondly, what kind of innovative things am I considering annually or every quarter? Maybe after assessing this um, FY or this quarter or these quarters, the four, like you get to fourth quarter right now in this season as leaders, are you doing a process when you are identifying the breakdowns? What didn't work this year? Okay, first quarter we were successful, but what didn't work in second quarter and third quarter? And now as you're going into 2021, is it, again, as we're going into this other new normal, what kind of ways or things can you think about to prepare you for 2021 when there might be a balance of virtual and face-to-face? -face? 
Are you going to strictly transition to a space where you're going to keep your organization face to face? I mean, excuse me, virtual or go face to face? So how can you incorporate both? And one of the examples I want to use is that right now with the Air Force, they actually sent out a survey to all of the employees and team members around the DOD and asked questions. What was your experience like COVID? Was it beneficial? Were you able to take leave? Why or why not? What they're doing is they've identified that this could be beneficial. Maybe we've been hearing the people and they've been saying that maybe we should really keep this virtual space uh, the norm, make it something that we continue to do, but let's hear from the people. And that's one of the biggest things that we have to remember as leaders to do is to make sure you are whoever your target client or your customer is, even if it's your own team members, identify what the pain points are, what worked, what didn't work. So as you're innovating, you make sure you innovate the right way. And I love that this this um, CEO basically was able to do that. He identified the gaps from the places that he worked. And now I'm pretty sure he found, he, he once he identified that was in the weeds of that, he took that information, applied it to Zoom, and now Zoom has blown up. Blowed up. <laughs> so how can you as a leader do the same thing or someone that's in business as a business leader do the same thing? Identify your client, customer, get the feedback, look through the processes that you're doing, throughout the quarters, figure out what worked and what didn't work. And now as you're transitioning into a new season, you are being proactive and innovating and finding new ways to do things. That was a good little rant. I was ran right there. <laughs> and I like um, that you did, that you highlighted WeWork because when we think back to WeWork, like you said, they were passing themselves off as something that they weren't. He did not pass himself when he found it. Zoom, he came back to what he was strong in digital or video or technology that's what his strong so he was an engineer he didn't come and make a furniture company <laughs> or he didn't come and try to open up a fast food restaurant he started the business to cover the gaps in what he knew best where he was strong where he knew he could make an impact and so i appreciate that for him him for that and what he gave to us with his knowledge, he was able to pass and share that knowledge. And now let's talk about a little bit about Zoom's corporate culture. And I want to bring Corey in because that's our team engagement specialist, our guru, all about the teams, all about culture. Corey, talk to us about Zoom's corporate culture. How are they doing with their people? What are their ratings? What are some of their ratings on how do the employees think about the company? Because we know, and I've heard recently that if you take care of your employees, they will take care of your clients. Well, so and here, just before we jump into that, I want people to understand when we're talking about the founder of of Zoom. Right. I don't know what what, uh, what you said. He started with Cisco. Right. I don't know what Cisco's culture or their development was like, but I just want to highlight this for people. Right. If you push people into the right direction, if you develop them. If you make them more right, I haven't read any articles that really said like, well, he branched out because he was just like, you know what? Cisco was trash. I, I didn't hear anything about that. Right. I didn't hear that they were, you know, demeaning or they were bad to work for or anything like that. But if you develop someone, this is what you get. Right. And as companies, we should want to see people say, OK, you branched off from me and then you did your own thing and you're winning. Here's the thing, though. People will say, oh, man, you're going to leave my job. And then you're going to go create your own thing. And that's that's the competition. Right. I got some stats for y'all. When it comes to Microsoft, we said that. So so Zoom is an, is a newer platform. Right. So the, the price wasn't as wasn't as uh, low, I guess you could say, to begin with, because Microsoft started way back, you know, with the 80s or so, so the 70s, maybe. Yeah. Here's the thing. When I look at Microsoft Teams, which is WebEx. They are still, even today, $202.47 a share. You're doing pretty good if you got that type of stock, right? But when I look at a year over, or I should say on a rolling calendar year, when I go to last year, the, today, it was $144. So you still grew. You still made it better. Now, yes, you might not be Zoom because Zoom, to me, is a little bit more uh, applicable for different situations, right? Uh, WebEx, you might not want to have your kids on WebEx teams right now or something like that, right? You might want to have them on Zoom to where you can lock it. They can't chat or nothing like that. But um, so let's talk about the culture and the engagement, right? Just to give y'all a little overview. So when it comes to when it comes to the workplace, Zoom clearly has it, right? So they 4.7 out of 5 rating when it comes to the employees. That is astronomical. You won't find very many companies that will give you this type of rating. 
right? 96% will recommend you working for that company. Like that's, that's crazy because typically almost 70% of people are looking for another job, but you got almost a hundred percent of people saying, and you should come work here. Matter of fact, if you're looking for one, um, and then that also ties into the CEO approval rate of guess what? 98%. So he's doing something correct, right? You're doing something right. And we've talked about in the past, as far as these people, you know, the, the vision at the top is different than the vision at the bottom, but clearly the vision from the top is trickling on down. And like you said, you have 800 engineers. That's still a pretty substantial amount of people to govern. Right. Um, so here's the thing. Eric Wan was named Glassdoor's number one CEO with a 99% employee approval rate in 2019. Zoom is ranked number two by Forbes as the best place to work in. That's culture, right? You don't get to that by just saying, this is a job. You come here, you just, you just do, and you, you leave and you get your check, right? You don't, you don't reach that type of pinnacle by doing that. And so here's the thing. Uh, when it comes to their culture, are they delivering to their employees, right? So a couple of things that we have noted here. So they encourage their employees to think about what makes them happy, hold that on the top of their head, and then bring that to the best workplace, right? I, I don't even want to get off that topic for a second and go to the next bullets because there are so many companies that we run across that we've also probably worked for in our lifetime, in our lifetime that was like, you know what? Why are you thinking about this over here? You at work right now. You working for such and such place. You, you shouldn't be trying to think about how you're going to do great over here, right? Or what makes you happy over here. You know what makes you happy? Selling these things over here. That should make you happy. And we, I know we've worked for some companies like that. And for them to preach, right? What is the thing that makes you happy? Come to work and just be your best self within that. And the thing is, as they're doing that, I preach that a lot too, right? If you want to build your culture, if you want to build your team, what makes you happy? Is it that you need to attend your daughter's prom, right? You came into work, you know you need to get off early. You're going to kill it for those six hours that you're here because you got to get off early for two, right? And then you're going to go to prom and you're going to have a good time with your daughter, right? So the next part is new team members have dedicated mentors who teach them about the culture and vision. Ooh, that stop, is- Stop right there, stop right there. Ooh right there on that bullet mm-hmm. point. I have a coaching client who works for a large company. I ain't going to put the company out there. They don't have dedicated mentorship. You have to go and find a mentor and try to figure out who is willing to mentor. So it's not like they have dedicated mentors that you just go and say, okay, will you mentor me? No, you have to find a person to figure out if they even want to mentor you. No dedicated mentor. So you're trying to figure out. And one of his things is he's trying to figure out, okay, where do I go next? What do I do? How do I grow? Who can help me along the journey in this company? Now I got to figure all that out on my own. I could get demotivated or and I now I don't want to be here because it's too many hoops to try to figure out where I'm going. My bad for cutting you off. But that hit me because I'm dealing with that situation right now. No. And I, j- I literally just had that conversation with someone yesterday. Right individual uh there was a change in departments and everyone's struggling right now so they get rated one through five right so this person is like a 4.7 i think the number was they sent me and i said golly what what are they doing to develop you and she was like i'm trying to find another job and so then I i told her i said well if you're trying to find another job why is it do you just not enjoy your job you know are, are people developing you um, I know this individuals, we talked about generations before and on different lives. It, this person's a millennial. Are they developing you? Are they pushing you to do more? Right. Are they positioning you to learn more stuff? And she was like, no, I don't get developed. I don't like the person that I work for right now. I don't know where I can go. I guess I want to go to HR from this position that I want to go into, but I don't know how to get there. And so then we sat down and had a conversation about how do we push you into that? Right. Some mentoring, because this person has absolutely no clue. And you're about to let a talent like that walk out the door. What better position to be in than to have somebody who's dominating their job at that level when they're almost perfect at their job and you let that person walk out because they're not happy. So when, you, when you're onboarding, what does that process look like? When the person comes in, I've, I've worked with companies before too, that when the person comes in, you're jazzed up and they're like, let's go. 
you're working for such and such now and it's time to go and this is the career of your life blah 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 and then you get to your actual job and they're like bro if you don't go get to work <laughs> you're right and so that's the thing is like what's your onboarding method because a lot of people need to see where they need to go versus you know where they're at right now and that will hold a lot especially with the generational talent that we have we are moving into a model uh if you do not develop me i will go somewhere so that's enough about exactly. that. Exactly. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, I don't mean to cut you off either, but you know, the fact that the CEO has a 98% approval, he is the leader at, at the top. Now we know maybe in the beginning of this process, he had the time to touch and be involved with so much. But I think this also attests to that this leader was able to hire and put the right effective leaders in the different tiers. And then those leaders are able to have influence, which trickle that trickles down into the employees, the team members, and trickles into the mentorship. I mean, it's layers of leadership that's happening there. And a CEO, again, that can't necessarily be in the weeds of everything that means so much so that's why it's so important that we develop ourselves and we also make sure that we are bringing the right people on board and it's so important that's why like the active lead insights are so powerful as well because you want to make sure you put the right people in the right place to connect with the people but 98 percent, i want to give kudos to him because that's huge because you can't touch everybody you can't see everybody so, but you can still get that level of approval. That takes a lot. I mean, let's like Corey said, I mean, you, you're talking about diversity and inclusion is at 4.5, culture and values, work-life balance, which again, as we're going into the shape of this new generation, that's going to be the next generation of leaders. That is something they're looking for, work-life balance development. And if, again, someone at the top was able to ensure that this was embedded within the organization, that means a lot. Senior management, 4.7. So the CEO has a 98%. The senior management is 4.7. So again, there's something happening at the top that's trickling all the way down to the different tiers. So as a leader, what are you going to do to make sure that you are hiring the, the right people, connecting with your um, team members and doing what you can do to ensure that the culture is effective? And I know for some of you all, you might be like, it's just me, myself and I right now. I'm an entrepreneur. It's just myself. But again, if your goal is to blow up, that is the that's the word of the day. If your goal is to blow up, if your goal is to leave your nine to five, if your goal is to basically be that person that's on demand that the, that everybody wants to work with, you will essentially need a team. So, what can you start to do to develop yourself and really grow and start thinking about implementing culture, balance, development? Even as an entrepreneur, yes, you might hire people, but what are you going to do to make sure that you're developing developing them and growing them? And I think those are things you really want to think about because I just again when you you have a approval rating that high, but you're not even in the management, you're not even touching the people that says a lot about the CEO, but can you be a CEO like that? And if you want to be a CEO like that, what are you going to do to get to that level? No. And that's, and that's the perfect thing was what I was about to say was when you look at each level and you gave them those statistics, right. And they're what their ratings are that, that tells me that people are transparent and people are available in that workplace. Because if they're going to give the CEO a 98, 99% rating, that means I know you. Otherwise, I don't want to give you a rating because I don't really know who you are, right? If it's if it's senior management, I've, I've seen you. I might have had a conversation with you. I was going to say touch, but that didn't sound very much right. But um, I've, I've seen you in this situation. I've had conversations. You've probably told me something. I've had an interaction with you. Um, but that's the thing. You don't get that type of rating if you just kind of show up every now and again. If you do a lot of these CEOs or like these senior management people just kind of do their do their presidential roundabouts where they meet each office and they're like, you know what? You, too, can succeed in this in this office right now. You, too, can succeed in this company. And they kind of go to the next thing. You don't get that type of rating just do, doing that. But here's one of the things I want to highlight also is they said that they have all hands quarterly meetings in each office and that helps them build stronger connections. I actually implemented something like that in a place I work for. Um, but here's the thing, you can implement it, but then you have to keep it up. Mm -hmm. So one of the issues that we ran into was initially probably the first four or five quarterly meetings, all of a sudden, you know, we were connecting, 
people were like, I, I see the managers. I understand the managers. I understand our director and our vice president and our, and our people in the upper management position. Right. So when when it falls off and then people are, turn the meeting into. So here's some numbers. Y'all are doing a great job. You go out there and kill it. People don't want that. We work with a people of emotion, people in management, uh, supervisor, manager, director, vice president, senior vice president, executive, whatever you are. There's a lot of times we have to shift that mind from saying that here's the data, here's the numbers. People who work in normal positions, normal employees who aren't in that status yet, or I should say they don't have that function to where they always have to process this data all the time. They don't care about the numbers that much. Mm -hmm. I care about you as a person. Do I want to work for you? Right. I don't want to just hear, well, our our sales have increased five percent. So y'all are doing a great job. You know, we're, we're such a family here. I don't care about that. Right. <laughs> How's your day going? How you doing today? Can you acknowledge me and the work that I've done? Can you acknowledge the hard work that I was that I was a four point seven out of five, you know, for this quarter? Can you acknowledge who I am and can we build a bond together? That doesn't just say, here's numbers. We're just going to meet about that. And that's how those meetings then turned out to. Um, but then here's the thing. We start to touch on, and Zoom specifically starts to touch on the personal feeling, the impact. So they have a volunteer group called the, the Happy Crew, which I kind of love the name because uh, I guess you can't work for them unless you are happy. So um, they drive events, run programs, find creative ways to uh, recognize their coworkers. And so that's something also, what are you doing day to day in the office, month to month in the office? And I mean, truly doing, because I've seen some of these things go awry sometimes where it's just like, hey, we just shout out an email just to, you know, hey, it's uh, it's Hispanic Heritage Month. Congratulations. OK, bye. Um, or it's uh, hey, it's Black History Month. OK, bye. Um, we just wanted to do this event because we did something great in the office here. I'm going to go pass out hot dogs to everyone at their desk. Um, don't get up from working though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring the hot dog to you. And so, you know, those are the types of things where you have to think about when you're, when you're impacting people, clearly they're doing a great, a great job at a phenomenal job. I don't want to say great because then I'll be lowering the standard for them. They're doing a phenomenal job because people are giving them the, these ratings. And then the final piece is they want to have an influence in the community. There are so many people who, who work for companies that want to be able to give back to the community, to make an impact in the community. And maybe I can't put up my own money because I love the job. I don't get paid enough to go give somebody a thousand dollars or to maybe I have kids and I don't have time to, to donate 40 hours a week. I got to go to work. I can't get off working and go volunteer. So maybe we volunteer at the job. Maybe we take a day off at the job and then go do whatever. Maybe we take a Saturday as a group and then go volunteer or something. So, you know, they they offer discounts for educational edu uh, institutions. They volunteer, support charities, nonprofits. So they've also touched the internal factor where someone can say, you know what? I'm bought into this company because we give back to the community. And there's a lot of people out there like that who will work for a company and then leave because they're like, man, this company, they just want to make money. They don't really care about helping anybody else. They just want to build their brand, build their money up as much as they can and never give back to anyone else. You give people a sense of purpose when you do that. So I really love what Zoom is doing. And they, based on this information, it doesn't surprise me that the execution is behind it and they got that rating. And that's good, Corey. You hit and let me add one quick thing to that. Just one quick, because I wanted to look it up. Um, so they have a, uh, what is it called? A chief people officer, okay? Chief people officer. And I was like, what kind of job is that? So, you know, Lynn Oldham, and this is somebody that focuses on the team, because again, if your team is not happy, you know, it's just like how they say happy wife, happy life, like happy team. I wish I can find something to, Corey, find something to rhyme with that, all right? Happy team. Happy team, happy dream. Happy dream, come through. Okay, happy team, happy dream. So they did an interview with her, right? And one of the questions was, how do you how do you avoid employee burnout? She said, she was talking about how most of the heavy stress is happening in the sales operations and order desks. So, so point one, she knows specifically which areas are the high that have the highest stress. 
that's huge to highlight because some people might not even know how to even answer that question. And again, the question is basic. How do you avoid employee burnout? She could have just gave a basic question, but the specificity of the fact that she says some of the teams under heavy stress, particularly, particularly, <laughs> I'm struggling saying words today in the sales operations and order desk where the system is overloaded. So she knows where. And then she talks about they need a chance to turn off. It's scary for some people. So I've started some of my meetings now with check ins. Just what Corey was talking about and see how people are feeling and other teams have too. The goal is to communicate how people can draw strength from each other. That's resiliency. So she's already identified there's an issue. Let's let's check in now. And now everyone has incorporated it. It's workplace culture. And then she talked about the happy crew. Right. She mentioned like how uh, she appreciates them. And it's a volunteer group. People volunteer for this. OK, volunteer, which is a huge for people to say, I want to do that. Um, she even says it's an employee assistant. Um, she has there's an employee assistant assistance program of um, that provides um, in-person and online help. They even have like a mental health aspect of it as well, where they have somebody in that can support them in regards to mental health. So again, we understand that we got to grind, we got to work, we got to get things done, we have to hit these goals. But you want to also make sure that there's a human side, that you're connecting with people on a personal basis so you can really help them in navigating and really building that resiliency to, through the hard trials. And also this allows you to build trust, connection. And now again, that'll build that employee loyalty, that company loyalty. So people don't quit, they wanna stay. And if they do leave, they're bringing people in. Just like when, as I am transitioning out of my job, I love my organization, my team so much that before I left, I knew already, this is who I have in mind. This is, and I'm already preparing that person ahead of time where versus other spots, I got some how-to guides, you know, I got some, some systems created, but it's, it's a different experience when you love an organization. And even if you have to leave, you want to set them up and you're doing even extra as you're transitioning on. So I just wanted to highlight that fact that they have a, a, a people focused person, a role for that. And the fact that the specificity in knowing who's stressed out. They found resolutions, multiple resolutions, and they've implemented that. And because of that, that has alleviated that employee burnout. Look, y'all, we got some more fire coming up to you in the second part of the Launch, Leverage, and Lead podcast. Look, do me a favor, sit tight, and we'll be right back with you. I want to personally invite you to our Emotional Intelligence Mastery Class Phase 1. Now, you might be wondering, why do I need emotional intelligence? Well, that is the secret sauce to business communication, to engaging your team, to leadership. And the reality is EQ outperforms IQ. So I want you to join us as we go through two hours of great information that helps you get to the next level in 2021 and beyond. Get the tools, the strategies, understand business communication, understand how you can implement and how you coach or how you support your team members. And don't waste time now because we have it at a special rate. So go to actleadconsulting.com backslash emotional intelligence. Again, go to actleadconsulting.com backslash emotional intelligence and sign up today. And to make it practical, not all companies do that. They really don't. They don't take the time to invest. And these are your companies, like Corey mentioned, that are all about the money. They just want you to make money for them. They, when you have those meetings, and I've been sitting in one of those super large companies where you're just a number, you're employee one of 50,000. And so when they come in those quarterly meetings, it's all about the profit that the company did, all about how the organization's doing as a whole. And then they end with, but we're going to have to cut your vacation time back a little bit. We made a couple of billion dollars this year, but we're going to make some cuts and, and some budget changes. So many companies don't really care about how you feel, what you do. They care about if you go, if you're going to do the job and Zoom is just all over, just different from that. They are not the same. They don't have the same mindset. And I just would wonder where you know, Eric, the founder came up with that. Where did he get that insight? Why did he want it to be so much different than everything else? And, you know, either he had a great experience at Cisco and WebEx, 
or he had a terrible experience and he wanted change. I have to do a little bit more research to know, but it's one of those two things. And I like, I want to hit two points on your last two bullets, Corey, the happy crew. It's a volunteer group. When you force groups to come together to do things, people don't want to do it because now you have people in there that that's not their intention. They, I don't want to be a part of this. So it's not done right. But when you have people volunteer to those groups, you really get the people who really want to do this and they are able to pour back into the rest of the community, the rest of the people. And then the ability to volunteer. I remember when I worked for a smaller company, I was like, you know what? What this company did was they supplied computers and they supplied systems. And every so many years, they would come back and um, refresh those systems. So they go back, they take all the computers out, and then they put new ones in. However, this is only a two to three year period. So the computers they took out aren't old. And I said, well, what do you do with these computers? <laughs> well, they either resell them or throw them away. And I'm like, there are organizations that need computers. Would you donate them? No, they wouldn't donate them. I even tried to get some for my church. They wouldn't do it. So having a mindset of volunteer companies would prefer to throw things away than to give them away. And I don't understand that. I know there's some liability with some things, but overall, what mentality does your corporation have? Are they willing to volunteer to give back to the community? That was a part of something I wanted to do. So every company I went to, I look for what are the opportunities to give back? How can we donate? What can we do to help others? So that's one of the things that I'm sure their employees may look at and they're actually able to fit that need. Aisha, do you have anything on? Um, I know I saw you typing over there. I thought you might be pulling up some of that. Why did he leave information? Yeah, so it said that he left because he was unhappy. So he left because he was unhappy and even highlighted here. He said, um, though his first couple of years at Cisco had been great, he started noticing that when he talked to a Cisco WebEx customers about video, tele, uh, video te uh, conferencing products he helped build, he said not a single, he didn't identify a single happy customer. He did not see a single happy customer. So it started there. So in the beginning, it was it was cool. But then over time, he started noticing the kinks in the armor and even the customers were unhappy, but it got to the point where he, it was even hard for him to get up to go to work. And when it gets like that, that's a problem. So that is where he started to decide to, he really identified that he wanted to be happy. So he followed his heart and he transitioned and started Zoom. So that was his drive for leaving. So if he would have been happy, he might've stayed. But his unhappiness drew, like basically uh, pivoted him out and he recognized that he wanted to create a company. He, again, used that information and identified the gaps, but he also wanted to change the culture of his organization now because of that negative experience. Got it. Corey, mm -hmm. something on that? <laughs> yeah. So and the, the thing I, just, I wanted to touch on what you were saying about how a lot of these companies don't have like maybe these EAPs as employee assistance programs and whatnot. I want people to understand that you still have to execute once you still have these things. So you can have a happy team. What is the execution level like? Right. And like I said, do you have a happy team that just passes out the hot dogs? Does it, Hey, you want to work some overtime and here's a pizza, right? That's not, that's not thorough execution of this. There's something that's going on at zoom that these people are really like, I'm, I'm thoroughly happy with what's going on. And so it was just a situation that I thought about, a lot of companies do have these EAPs, like the bigger companies, but they don't have such a relationship built that says, you know what? I have your best interest in mind. Maybe you talk to this, you know, someone at the someone at the EAP program and, you know, they can help you with your finances. They can help you with the debt that you might have accrued. They can help you with your mental health. But what happens is a lot of times at these companies, and this is the point I want to make, you have it in place. And they say, you know what? That's not my problem. Got employee assistance program for it, though. Go ahead. Here's a pamphlet. Go ahead and do that. And I'm not bought. I'm not empathetic with your situation. I haven't bought into what's going on with you for me to genuinely say, you know what? Look, it's not just the employee assistant program, right? The, speak to someone here because you said that you racked up ten thousand dollars in bills, you know, over the last two months. Look, they can help you get out of debt, right? I know you're stressing about it. Hey, look, I know you had something traumatic going on in your life right now. May, you know, I'm really not the person to help you with that, but 
I got this. I have somebody over here who can help you. They'll give you X amount of free sessions or something like that. That way I'm bought into it and I acknowledge your issue and I acknowledge the problem that's going on. Oh, yeah. By the way, I have a solution for you. But what typically happens is, is we just say, well, no, we have we have these resources for you. Go ahead and use them. I don't know why you're not using them. There's no relationship built. And Corey, that's good. And I'm going to throw this to Aisha right after I mentioned, I'm just going to bring it in and let her take it over. You say empathy. That's some of that emotional intelligence speak right there. So Aisha, talk to us about having an awareness with your leader and your as a leader yourself. And then as the leadership team of the emotional intelligence that's needed to have that type of empathy to recognize that, hey, I need to do more than give paperwork to my employees. How can you hire the right people, find the right people that you can put in the right position that have those qualities or those attributes about themselves? Yeah. And I think that for a lot of us, we have fell into the rat race or the process of autopiloting, autopiloting our daily activities. We get up, breakfast is the same, get the kids ready. If you got kids, get yourself ready, get in the car, take the same route to work. You get to work, you do your duda for eight hours, leave, do it all over again. And that is a lot of people, they do that day in and day out. So even for the CEO, Eric, the fact that he started, his level of awareness was really in tune because he noticed, and who knows, maybe those first few years, he was on a high. I mean, he was making six figures comfortable. And then he started to notice with the interactions with the customers that, you know, the reason why the customers aren't happy is because the products aren't evolving. And now it's causing issues with the customer. But the first thing he led with was happiness. So he's emotional based. He was tuned into, he was aware of his emotions and his feelings. And he recognized at some point, like, I just was not happy to go to work every day. And again, for us as autopiloting, piloting, I can't talk today, autopiloting, we aren't taking time to really check in and self-assess and really have that emotional awareness, that emotional intelligence, that, that awareness of ourselves and others to really ensure that we're good, so we're showing up effectively, and then everybody else on our team is good, so they can show up effectively, not only for each other, but also for the customers and so on. So it's so important that leaders at all levels, business leaders, entrepreneurs, if you're a leader in an organization, to have that understanding, to know how your team members are showing up. Even the chief people officer noticed and said that, okay, we have these people here that are stressed out. Let's incorporate this and start to really build on emotional awareness, mental health, and really start ensuring that our team members are really working on um, ensuring that they are mentally well so they can show up effectively, not just professionally, but also personally. But again, there's a level of emotional intelligence and awareness that you need to have that a lot of leaders are lacking. Remember, IQ is important, but it's so important that you have that awareness of people. Think about it. If IQ was popping, Eric would have stayed. If it was just about IQ, Eric would have stayed at WebEx. He would have stayed at Cisco, well, Cisco WebEx, but he would have stayed where he was at and pretty much just kept rocking and rolling. But his unhappiness is what led him to leave. And we have to realize, again, individuals don't typically quit the organization. They typically quit the leader. And there's typically an emotional component to that that a lot of leaders aren't in tune with. So when people leave, they don't know why they left. They're trying to find all these other reasons, but it's really an emotional game. And the more that we start to build up our EQ, start having that awareness of us, our, ourselves, of our team members, our customers, everybody, we can start really ensuring that we're supporting people in an effective way so we can shape and influence those behaviors towards a positive way. So I think that we have to realize that with this example, there was a level of emotional intelligence that Eric had. Now he invite, he incorporated someone on their team that actually focuses on that specifically to ensure that their team members are showing up effectively, not even within the workplace, but this stuff even trickles into their home. So you have to really make sure that you're doing that. And that's why things like the Actively Insights are so powerful, because now you're getting that awareness, that information to know how you show up, why you show up, and also allow you to then identify the blind spots in the areas you need to work on. And also gives you the information so you're aware of how people are showing up around you. So you can start having that, you know, it's like having those antennas and you're like realizing like, okay, so-and-so has showed up for the past week 
not saying good morning, something is off. Let me really check in and identify what's wrong with them. So you really need to make sure that as a leader, you're not just focusing on the, yes, the courses are great. You getting the information is great, but when do you want to tap in and really ensure that your EQ is on another level? And that is the missing component that a lot of you leaders out there are doing. So that's why you need to get the acting lead insights and get that level of self-awareness to take your business and really help your team push that mission and vision effectively. And and you hit the nail on the head with that. And that's literally what I was about to say. It's the insights, right? It's the acting lead insights. I, I'm sure Zoom probably has something in place for them to, to for them to be able to reduce 90 days worth of work. Right. You take over a team and then you have to figure them out. You got to figure out what drives them. You have to figure out who they are, figure out how to position them, figure out what their motivators, what's their thought process and all that stuff. What if we save you 90 days? What if we save you 120 days? you know, on your calendar time for you to go straight in and say, boom, I have this team. This is what they look like. This is what drives them. This is what motivates them. This is how they think through certain things. How should I position them from there? Right. And so as you were speaking through that, I'm like, I'm sure Zoom has something unless they're just hiring these um, child prodigy or or adult prodigies. And I guarantee you they're not. And they just walking in and being like, boom, I, I absolutely understand who you are. Yep. I understand who you are, too. We're going to position you the best way we can. And it, and it's the insights to them. So how can we save you 90 days, 120 days, even 30 days? Take 30 days. And I just want to do some math for some people. Somebody out there that's listening right now, do some math for me. Unless y'all want to do the math for me, too. Take 30 days times 30 teams. How many days? of pure productivity, if you want to affect your bottom line, is that helping? It's 30, 30 for 30, right? We're going to do it. We're going to do an ESPN on that. How do, how do we say 900. 900 days of productivity that you could allow your leader to then go and affect however big that team is? Is it five people? Is it 10 people? It ain't just 900 days, right? It ain't just 900 days of one person's productivity. It's 900 days of that three-man team, that five-man team, that 20-man team, the 50-man team, the manager who's managing 180 people, is saving you time because now you know how to interact. You know what they're good at, what they're not good at. And that's just, a, you had it on my mind and I got real fired up about it because I'm like, there there are tools. We offer one and it, <laughs> and it can save you so much time and develop so much happiness and so much productivity in the workplace, so much retention in the workplace that all of a sudden you're getting a 4.7 rating, you're getting a 98% CEO rating, you're getting what you said, 4.7 for senior management. You're getting that type of rating because you understand where your people fall. You understand how they think, how they act, what drives them. Is it money or is it the way that they, they can do something individualistic, right? Is it because they need to be in a position to help someone? What is it? But you'll never know and then you're going to cost yourself 90 days. You're going to cost yourself, depending on the person that you have, six months trying to figure out their team. Good. That's good, Corey. And using the Acton Lee insights to understand who you you have on your team, you'll be able to place them in the right role. Oftentimes when people don't work right or don't do well in a role, that role isn't for them. We just have them there based on, Oh, what does a resume look like? So we definitely want to make sure that we place the right people in the right seat for the right reasons. A lot of times we put their butts in the seats so they can make us money, but let's put them in the seat for the right reasons. And we might have to do a part two on Zoom. There are some hiccups. Zoom isn't a perfect company. And they had some hiccups over the last year that really came out. And we're not going to even get into that. We're, we're, we're winding down. We're going to do a part two on Zoom next week. We'll cover their hiccups and then we'll cover how they innovated and changed them. I mean, they they their hiccups became recognized earlier in the year and they're already resolved. So we'll we'll hit that and how quickly they pivoted, changed and just continue to grow. And I'm going to have to put a little bit down on that stock. I wish I would have caught it, <laughs> caught it earlier. I but- you catch that on that 36. It's too late for that, but I believe that there's their stock will continue to rise up. And before we get out of here today, join us this Thursday coming up next week, whatever you want to call it, November, give me a date, 5th? Yep, November 5th. On the 5th. 
7 p.m. Our live Q&A, actingly live Q&A. So if you are a business owner, if you are a entrepreneur, solopreneur, if you are a want you want to be a business owner you haven't quite started yet come in ask us your questions so we can give you live feedback last week we had several people jump on we were able to give them a action plan because that's what we're here for we're not here to give you fluff or theory we're here to give you concrete solutions that you can take and apply tomorrow or even today what are you going to do today in your business so bring those questions bring your concerns bring your issues we will cover the whole gambit. That will be our last business live Q&A. And that is because coming up, we have our business development cohort launching. And we're going to launch that November 16th. It's going to run for eight weeks through January the 10th. What is it that you can expect in this cohort? You can expect the business development. You can expect leadership development. You can expect us to walk you through marketing, how to create a marketing plan, how to efficiently market, branding. We're covering systems, processes. We're covering the things you don't like to the things you feel great about. A to Z in launching, scaling, growing a business. So no matter where you are in that, we have something for you. And we want you to come on out and join us. You can go to our website at leadconsulting.com. There will be more information on there for that, how you can join us, or you can email us at info at at leadconsulting.com. Just for more information, reach out to us, drop us a comment on this live or on our Facebook page, and we'll definitely reach out to you to discuss how you can get into that cohort. We have limited amount of spaces because we really want to pour into those that join us. We want to give them all the keys to the kingdom. All the and listen, listen, guys, I understand that Black Friday is coming up. I understand the holidays are coming up. But what is going to set your 2021 apart? There have been so many companies and leaders that really struggle during this season. And it's going to be so important that you're investing in the things that are, you know, they call them assets, things that's going to benefit you and continue to multiply. Literally, an investment in something like this is going to be the gift that keeps on giving. You give those products, those clothes, those shoes, what happens within a few months there? I mean, it could be my kids. They they'll have that. I buy some shoes for them by the end of the month. I might as well. I did throw them in the trash. But you're buying things and you're investing things that don't last long. But just just imagine if you can get information that's going to help you increase your generational wealth, create an extra amount of income, create something that is going to benefit your family, because there's so many levels to becoming an entrepreneur that's going to benefit you financially as you transition on. Or if it's something that's going to help you in becoming that leader that stands out. So when you do go out for that C-suite position or that executive role, you apply for that next job, you stand out because you invested time in really developing yourself and it comes with a pay increase. So yes, you're thinking about the investment or you're thinking about, oh, I don't, I'd, I'd rather go buy these shoes or these clothes, but your shoes and clothes is not going to, it's not going to be what that, what takes you to the next level. It's the investment you take to build up your IQ and the information you need to go to the next level, the investment that you're going to make to take your EQ to the next level. And with both of those combinations in these spaces, you're going to be able to multiply your income, maybe triple, quadruple based off of the effort and the work that you decide to put in. So when you're looking about Black Friday and you're thinking about all these sales and deals coming up, you already got your Christmas list. I want you to add on there the investment that you need to take for you to take business and your leadership to another level. And that's why you need to be a part of this cohort. So make sure you grab a seat because they are limited. Oh, let, me, let me jump in there, Corey. And y'all going to knock me over the head later. We do have a Black Friday discount. It's going to be a little bit cheaper. Oh, we. <laughs> oh man. Oh, man. I ain't, I ain't, I'm just giving y'all a discount, man. I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him ride, but I'm gonna ride up to Maryland and check him for that. We <laughs> <laughs> got a little Black Friday discount for you, so don't let an investment stop you. And I want to hint. I want to touch on something else that Aisha was mentioning, and I'm gonna bar, borrow this from our friend Terica. Whose legacy are you building when you're shopping and you buying those things from those other people? When you go and buy those Jordans and you buy those TVs and Samsungs and you buy those Birkin bags and you buy all that stuff, whose legacy are you building? When you shop at Walmart, whose legacy are you building? 
of course we have our necessities and our needs, but we got to think about, are these things essential or are they non-essential? And if you're looking to be a business owner, if you're looking to grow and scale and become or blow up our word of the day, you need to be able to put business development as your essential. It's not a non-essential. It's not something that you might need. You need it because most businesses fail (laughs) in the first year, over 50 percent. It's a 50 50 shot. And then, of course, by the 10 year period, 87 percent don't make it. So if you want to make it, it takes business development. There's something that sets businesses apart that make it, that grow. And it's definitely in the development. So I want to encourage you guys to put this down. I'm going to take the heat for the discount. Come on through. Join us. And we will definitely, it's going to change your life. It's going to take you to the next level. What you got, Corey? And close it when you finish. Look, look. And y'all are on the page that I wanted to talk about. And the reason I say that is because the term that most people have been using since we we have like these terms of the day and like we have like terms of the last couple of years generational wealth right and so most people think about it and say oh man how do i generate is it real estate is it this is it that is it investments is it stock starts with here and so the information that we give you we've we have already implemented this with people already and there's individuals making an extra three hundred dollars a month an extra three thousand dollars a month i think we had one person but he blew up from the three from the three to the three thousand i think he was like fifteen hundred or something y'all correct me but here's the thing It ain't even about the bag initially. What about the information when you buy those shoes and then those same Jordans that you bought or that same TV that's 4K OLED with the with the backsplash boy or whatever, all that stuff. What happens when next year you want to buy another TV? But you have information that you can take to the grave and, and take it, teach it to your kids, teach it to your family for the rest of your natural born life. And so that's the difference in when you actually go seek the information and you are provided the information versus you go and buy these shoes, you go and buy these other things. I bought some pants, I bought this jacket for a thousand dollars. You bought that time forward uh cologne that costs an astronomical amount of money for cologne. Uh, but that's the thing. Are you setting your family up? Are you setting yourself up? Are you setting your grandchildren up? Whoever, your aunts, your uncles, whoever for the success that you can have. And the reason I say that is I just wanted to look at just simply by going to college and we ain't even about to knock you over the head. I guess what tires with, with his black Friday special, when we talk about price in something, people who go to college have a 37% chance of being more successful if their parents went to college. Right. Think about if you got the same education for less than what it takes to go to college. But then you you taught your children how to go generate money. You taught your uncle how to go generate that skill he had. You taught your wife how to go do these things, right? You taught yourself how to stop knocking yourself over the head every single day because you're out there trying to, trying to, how do I get a client? How do I get a client? How do I get a client? And then we teach you a process on how to attract them. And you're like, man, I'm sitting back getting them. Okay. I see how this goes. It shouldn't have been that hard in the beginning. So I want y'all to really start thinking about that. Are you focused on these material things or are you truly trying to create generational wealth with your mind rather than just thinking about, oh, a bag is about to come to me. So that's all I got. But look, this has been your acting lead live series. Before we go, though, I just want to, you know, unless we're doing a part two, we're doing a part two on Zoom. We're definitely doing a part two. Let me answer Trevor's question real quick, real quick before we get out of here. He's recording music tomorrow. Any advice on getting on radio stations to play my music? Trevor, the music industry is relational. It is about who you know, and it's about networking. If you want radio stations to play your music, what you're going to have to do is you can take this approach and go to the radio station or call them, email them, and give them a sample of your music. You're going to have to do legwork on this one. You're going to have to just push your music out there and continuously call them, continuously push it, continuously give them the sample until they get it on. The other option is for you to utilize the resources out there, such as SoundCloud, such as other online music channels, and almost blow yourself up to where they take notice. Those are the ways that you get on a radio station, unless you know the producer or the host or the person behind it. Those are the two options that I will take. And that's what I have known people to do. 
that went from not having their music played to actually getting them played. Yeah, and so one of the things is just make sure, Trevor, you jump on that that this Thursday live Q&A because we can go deeper in that for you and actually get you to the point to where you're like, okay, I got the wheels turning. I know where to go. So make sure you hop on on Thursday and we'd be glad to help you. But um, yeah, so so I guess we're doing the second part. Yep, second part. Yeah, so we're gonna leave out whether they're gonna rise or fall today. We're gonna y'all gonna have to tune into that next week. Tune in next week to find out will mm-hmm. they rise or will fall. they rise or will they fall? Thank you for listening into another episode of Internal Fire Presents the Act and Lead series. It's one thing to get information, but it's another thing to apply it. So leaders out there, take this information. How can you apply it in how you manage, how you lead, how you do things in business, how you continue to move forward? And as we always say, we don't just lead, we mix action with leadership. Tune into a next episode next week and learn more about us at actleadconsulting.com. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are Speak Fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. unlocking the fire within thank you all for tuning in let's grow speak fire speakfire.com speak fire with a y we have a new episode that comes out every monday at 4 a.m are you going to be up with us deuces